Chapter Fourteen of the Evil Genius. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Evil Genius by Wilkie Collins, Chapter Fourteen. Kitty feels the heartache. Linley advanced a few steps and stopped. His wife, hurrying eagerly to meet him, checked herself. It might have been distrust, or it might have been unreasoning fear. She hesitated on the point of approaching him. I have something to say, Catherine, which I am afraid will distress you. His voice faltered. His eyes rested on her. Then looked away again. He said no more. He had spoken a few commonplace words, and yet he had said enough. She saw the truth in his eyes, heard the truth in his voice. A fit of trembling seized her. Linley stepped forward in the fear that she might fall. She instantly controlled herself and signed to him to keep back. Don't touch me, she said. You come from Miss Westerfield? That reproach roused him. I own that I come from Miss Westerfield, he answered she addresses a request to you through me i refuse to grant it hear it first no hear it in your own interest she asks permission to leave the house never to return again while she is still innocent his wife eyed him with a look of unutterable contempt he submitted to it but not in silence a man doesn't like Catherine who makes such a confession as I am making now. Miss Westerfield offers the one atonement in her power, while she is still innocent of having wronged you, except in thought. Is that all? Mrs. Lindley asked. It rests with you, he replied, to say if there is any other sacrifice of herself which will be more acceptable to you. Let me understand first what the sacrifice means. Does Miss Westerfield make any conditions? She has positively forbidden me to make any conditions. And goes out into the world helpless and friendless? Yes. Even under the terrible trial that wrung her, the nobility of the woman's nature spoke in her next words. Give me time to think of what you have said, she pleaded. I have led a happy life. I am not used to suffer as I am suffering now. They were both silent. Katie's voice was audible on the stairs that led to the picture gallery, disputing with the maid. Neither her father nor her mother heard her. Miss Westerfield is innocent of having wronged me, except in thought. Mrs. Lindley resumed. Do you tell me that on your word of honor? On my word of honor? So far his wife was satisfied. My governess, she said, might have deceived me she has not deceived me i owe it to her to remember that she shall go but not helpless and not friendless her husband forgot the restraints he had imposed on himself is there another woman in the world like you he exclaimed many other women she answered firmly a vulgar termagant feeling a sense of injury finds relief in an outburst of jealousy and furious quarrel you have always lived among ladies 
surely you ought to know that a wife in my position who respects herself restrains herself i try to remember what i owe to others as well as what they owe to me she approached the writing-table and took up a pen feeling his position acutely linley refrained from openly admiring her generosity until he had deserved to be forgiven he had forfeited the right to express an opinion on her conduct she misinterpreted his silence as she understood he appreciated an act of self-sacrifice on miss westerfield's side but he had no word of encouragement for an act of self-sacrifice on his wife's side she threw down the pen with the first outbreak of anger that had escaped her yet you have spoken for the governess she said to him i haven't heard yet sir what you have to say for yourself is it you who tempted her you know how gratefully she feels towards you have you perverted her gratitude and led her blindfold to love cruel 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 defend yourself if you can he made no reply is it not worth your while to defend yourself she burst out passionately your silence is an insult my silence is a confession he answered sadly she may accept your mercy i may not even hope for it something in the tone of his voice reminded her of past days the days of perfect love and perfect confidence when she had been the one woman in the world to him dearly treasured remembrances of her married life filled her heart with tenderness and dimmed with tears the angry light that had risen in her eyes there was no pride no anger in his wife when she spoke to him now oh my husband has she taken your love from me judge for yourself catherine if there is no proof of my love for you in what i have resisted and no remembrance of all that i owe to you in what i have confessed she ventured a little nearer to him can i believe you put me to the test she instantly took him at his word when miss westerfield has left us promise not to see her again i promise and not even to write to her i promise she then went back to the writing-table my heart is easier she said simply i can be merciful to her now after writing a few lines she rose and handed the paper to him he looked up from it in surprise addressed to mrs macadbin he said addressed she answered to the only person i know who feels a true interest in miss westerfield have you not heard of it i remember he said and read the lines that followed i recommend miss westerfield as a teacher of young children having had ample proof of her capacity industry and good temper while she has been governess to my child she leaves her situation in my service under circumstances which testify to her sense of duty and her sense of gratitude have i said she asked more than i could honorably and truly say even after what has happened he could only look at her no words could have spoken for him as his silence spoke for him at that moment when she took back the written paper there was pardon in her eyes already the last worst trial remained to be undergone she faced it resolutely tell miss westerfield that i wish to see her on the point of leaving the room 
herbert was called back if you happen to meet my mother his wife added will you ask her to come to me mrs presty knew her daughter's nature mrs presty had been waiting near at hand in expectation of the message which she now received tenderly and respectfully mrs linley addressed herself to her mother when we last met i thought you spoke rashly and cruelly i know now that there was truth some truth let me say in what offended me at that time if you felt strongly it was for my sake i wish to beg your pardon i was hasty i was wrong on an occasion when she had first irritated and then surprised him randall lindley had said to mrs presty you've got a heart after all her reply to her daughter showed that view of her character to be the right one say no more my dear she answered i was hasty i was wrong the words had barely fallen from her lips before herbert turned he was followed by sydney westerfield the governess stopped in the middle of the room her head sank on her breast her quick convulsive breathing was the only sound that broke the silence mrs lindley advanced to the place in which sydney stood there was something divine in her beauty as she looked at the shrinking girl and held out her hand sydney fell on her knees in silence she lifted the generous hands to her lips in silence mrs lindley raised her took the writing which testified to her character from the table and presented it lindley looked at his wife looked at the governess he waited and still neither the one nor the other uttered a word it was more than he could endure he addressed himself to sydney first try to thank mrs lindley he said she answered faintly i can't speak he appealed to his wife next say a last kind word to her he pleaded she made an effort a vain effort to obey him a gesture of despair answered for her as sydney had answered i can't speak true nobly true to the christian virtue that repents to the christian virtue that forgives those three persons stood there on the brink of separation and forced their frail humanity to suffer and submit in mercy to the woman lindley summoned the courage to part them he turned to his wife first i may say catherine that she has your good wishes for happier days to come mrs lindley pressed his hand he approached sydney and gave his wife's message it was in his heart to add something equally kind on his own part he could only say what we have all said how sincerely how sorrowfully we all know the common word goodbye the common wish god bless you at the last moment the child ran into the room in search of her mother there was a low murmur of horror at the sight of her that innocent heart they had all hoped might have been spared the misery of the parting scene she saw sydney had her hat and cloak on you are dressed to go out she said sydney turned away to hide her face it was too late kitty had seen the tears oh my darling you are not going away she looked at her father and mother is she going away they were afraid to answer her with all her little strength 
she clasped her beloved friend and playfellow round the waist my own dear you are not going to leave me the dumb misery in sydney's face struck lindley with horror he placed kitty in her mother's arms the child's piteous cry oh don't let her go don't let her go followed the governess as she suffered her martyrdom and went out lindley's heart ached he watched her until she was lost to view gone he murmured to himself gone for ever mrs presty heard him and answered to him she will come back again end of chapter 14 read by lambda